honest with you, I've never preached in sacred pants and a um, headband or scarf of sorts before, so this is brand new for me. Um, I don't know. Maybe wearing bell bottoms is brand new for you. I don't know. Um, so we'll see how this goes. I'm nothing. <laughs> I'm, you know, if you know me very well, I'm not very shy, so it doesn't really bother me too much. Um, Unless I look ridiculous, do I look ridiculous? I'm kidding. I don't really care. I don't. I don't really care. Um, it's fun, right? And my sweet friend Brooke made this shirt. Isn't it so cute? So cute. Yes, I love it. So thanks, Brooke. She's not here tonight, but maybe she's being able to watch online. Um, how many of you like? It's springtime. Who loves the springtime? Anybody? Okay, I have a confession. Another confession to make. I used to not like the springtime. I liked fall and winter and a little bit of summer, but mostly I liked Christmas time, like Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, that's like my favorite time, and I did not like the spring. But as I get, maybe it's something about almost turning 40 that you'd be like, oh, springtime's the best. I don't know. I And maybe it's because springtime means my kids are about to get out of school and we can stop having an alarm set. Um, maybe that's it. I'm just... I, who, my sweet husband is the one that sets the alarm, and I was like, you better wake up. I'm like, he's so sweet. Uh, anyway, I love springtime because fresh things are happening. Like, who likes to plant flowers? Anybody like to plant flowers? Like, in the springtime? Like, I mean, I like to, but I have a terrible green thumb, so I kill almost everything. Um, but that's okay. We, I still try every year. I try. Um, but, again, every year we have to redo it because I'm not good at it. But I love springtime because it's new and it's fresh and things start to come to life. And um, it's just such a beautiful time. And whenever, you know, we kind of came up with the theme of like like 70s-ish kind of retro type theme for this, for this month. And sometimes I like for my message, what God would have me say, to match the theme. Um, and sometimes he's like, no, that's not happening. And so I'm like, fine, okay, I'll obey. And then sometimes it works, right? So... As I was praying about the message for tonight, I um, wanted to talk about the past. And I was like, God, can you, I'll just be honest, I, I like to talk about the past in a way because God always brings redemption and healing to our past. And God likes to meet us in our past because he's a God of who was and is and is to come. So meaning he can still redeem your past and things that have happened and bring healing there. And I was like, oh, you could tell I like to talk about that, right? Because it's, it was something transformational in my life. But God's like, yeah, we can talk about the past a little bit. But why don't we turn to Isaiah 43? So that's where I will be reading out of tonight a little bit. I'll kind of go through Isaiah 43, a couple of the scriptures in a minute. But over the last few years, several things, and more specifically COVID, has brought a lot of strain and struggle as we've worked through many things that have been happening in our world, right? Can anybody be like, this has brought some crazy things the last few years to our world? And I hear a lot, and I will be honest, I've been guilty of thinking and saying, like things like, well, well things will just never be the same anymore, or can we just go back to the way things were before? And I've only viewed what has happened over the last few years in a really negative way. Like, I cannot believe this has happened. This is ridiculous. I just want to go back to the way things were before. And then God readjusted my view or 
refocused, and I use this term a lot, like reframed the way I look at this change that has been happening over the last couple of years. And then as I sat down to really pray about and write this, and he took me to Isaiah 43 and just lots of things over the last several weeks that God's been doing in my life. And he said, what if this distinct moment in time was a divine reset? What if all the schemes of the enemy that were set up for this time were just, that were meant to cause chaos and confusion, God was actually just setting up a divine revolution. What if God is saying, stop trying to get back to the way things went, were before and let me show you something new because I've got something so much better in store for you. We have, one of the things that we have to do is quit looking to the news for truth and answers. And you have to quit looking for political, to political leaders for solutions and start looking to him because what the enemy has meant for evil amid the crazy of COVID or what other, I'm just telling you, outside of COVID, my family the last two years has experienced some crazy stuff. They had nothing to do with COVID. And even amid that craziness and that chaos, God was still God. And God is still God. And he didn't take a break during the last two years and during COVID. And he wasn't social distancing from us. He was and is and he is still working. And we must look to him for the truth and the answers. Because he has placed a divine reset over our world, over our country, over our state, over our families, over our lives. He has placed a divine reset in this time. I firmly believe that there is a sifting and a shaking taking place. If I were to scoop up dirt in a sifting pan, right? Dirt and water, right? I scoop it up. At the, has anybody ever done this before at a river or a river's edge? You scoop it up and you start to shake, right? and you sift, and some things start to fall through until some things are left exposed. There's an exposure happening, and truth is being revealed, not just with political stuff, I'm not just talking about, I'm talking within the church and within our lives. God is doing a sifting, and he's doing a shaking, and he's taking some things away, and he's leaving us exposed a little bit. God is doing a new work a divine reset, a new work that requires things to be sifted and shaken, things to be exposed, get, getting rid of the old thought patterns, throwing out this is how we've always done it mindset and saying look and see what I am doing. It is new, but it's better than what you could ever imagine. God is shaking things so that all that is left is what is from him. So as we turn to our text, I'm sorry, you guys, I have to take this off. It is like riding up on my ears, and then I'm like afraid my ears are going to be sticking out. Okay, it's bothering me. Now I can think straight. So I'm going to go to Isaiah 43. Ooh, that was not a pretty slide. I'm going to go to Isaiah 43. And in Isaiah 43, it's like 28 verses long. It's kind of long, or it looks long in my, in my, in my Bible. Maybe it's really large text. I don't know. But... In this text, God is bringing his children out of captivity. He's reminding them of who he is and how much he loves them and that there's no other God beside them, beside him and that he's there with them, okay? So that's sort of the, 
brief historical context, like they're in captivity and he's bringing them out and he's like, I love you so much and we're going to do some things, okay? But in verse Isaiah 43, verses 18 and 19, I'm just going to read the whole scripture text and then we're going to go back and go through it a little bit. It says, do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of the past. Here I am doing a new thing. Here, now it is springing up. Do you not know about it? I will surely make a way in the desert and rivers in the wasteland. I'm going to jump back a few, cha- a few verses, and I'm going to go to verses 16 and 17. I, I'll say this. If you're looking at this up on your phone and on your Bible, they might be different verses because the verse, how they number my verses might be a little bit different. So bear with me. Verse 16 in my Bible says, Thus Adonai, or the Lord, who makes a way in the seas and a path in the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and the horses, the army and the warrior, they will all lie down. They will, they will lie down together and not rise again. They are extinguished and quenched like a wick. Here in verses 16 and 17, God is reminding his people of the Red Sea deliverance, of when he brought them out of Egypt and he delivered them through the Red Sea. He's reminding them of what he's done for them. See, it's important that we remember what God has done for us, right? There's these stones of, the Bible talks about stones of remembrance. We can build stones of remembrance and put them. I even have stones in my nightstands of very specific moments in times when I prayed for something or God did something miraculous. God wants us to remember the things that he's done, but he doesn't want us to get stuck there. The past miracles are here to remind us, but not bind us to that moment. They teach us of his wonder-working hand, but we must remember God always has something greater in store for you, which he tells us um, here in verse 19. Here I am doing a new thing. What he has new is going to be greater than what was before. Verse 19 says, here I am doing a new thing. God wants to do something in each one of our lives and in our country and all the mess that's going around. He wants to do something that we've never seen before. It's new. It is not like before. One of my biggest pet peeves, like when I'm doing leadership type stuff, is when people are like, well, this is just how we've always done it. Well, we're not doing it that way anymore. I feel like God's kind of like that when you're like, oh, I just want to go back. Like, God's like, no, we are, no, sorry. We're not doing that way. We should always be looking for what God is doing here and now. He's not in the maintenance business of like, oh, this has worked now, and we're just going to keep maintaining this. He's in the growing business. In order to grow his church, in order to develop each one of us and who he's called us to be, because what? You were created on purpose, for a purpose, to impact the kingdom. In order for us to be developed into who we've been called to be, we must be looking for the new thing that he is doing in and around us. I like new things. I'm sure you like new things, right? I like things that are fresh. But even when things are new or fresh, sometimes it's just different. But even when it's different, and I don't know what things are going to look like. When God's saying, I'm doing a new thing, it might be different, and it might be new. But sometimes we're a little like, hmm, this is different. It's new, right? We're uncertain. We have to trust 
the new thing that God is doing in our life and in our family and in our country, that it's going to be better than it was before. I don't know if you've noticed, but our country is in need of deliverance. Our families are in need of deliverance. Maybe it's your body that's in need of deliverance. Maybe it's a mental health issue that's in need of deliverance. Maybe it's your finances that are in need of deliverance. Maybe it's a child that you have that's in need of deliverance. But we all have these things in our life that are in need of deliverance. And God is saying there are some things being moved around and some things being shaken and sifted in order for me to do this new thing in my life. And it may look different and it may be uncomfortable, but it's new and it's fresh and it's greater than you could have ever imagined. So just like he continued to bring the Israelites out of bondage time and time again, because Egypt's not the only time he did it. He continually does this. Out of whatever bondage they were in, he continues to deliver us out of whatever situation that we are facing. And on the other side of that deliverance is something greater than you can imagine. Like I said, oftentimes we want to go back to the way things were before right? Before the bondage, before the hurt, before the sickness, before the thing we were in need of deliverance from. But in that process of bringing you out of something, you will never be happy going back to things where the way things were before because God has done something in you. And now he's let me say, let me show you something great. Is COVID is such a relevant example. And I know I'm saying this a lot because it's just a relevant example. So many of us say we want to go back before COVID. But now I don't want that. I was blind then. I was ignorant to some things then. And so ignorant to some things that were happening. I don't want to go back to being blind and not knowing some things. God has sifted and he has shaken and he's exposed some things. And now my eyes are open and now I can see a little bit different. I don't want to go back to being blind. I want to know what he's doing here and now. And then he goes on to say, now it is springing up. Do you not know about it? Or some Bible say, can you, not per- can you not perceive it? In order for us to see the new thing that is springing up, the new thing that God is doing in our lives, we must have spiritual eyes and ears. Verse 8 of chapter 43 says, bring out the blind people who have eyes and the deaf who have ears. And God is speaking spiritually here. We have been granted the ability to hear and see spiritually, but it's a choice that you and I get to make. If we want to see the new thing that God is doing in our lives and in this world, if we want to see real truth, if we want to see the things that he's exposing when he's sifting and is shaking, we're going to have to pray and allow our eyes and our ears to be open to what's going on. Ephesians 6.12 tells us this, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. There's some evil in the heavenly realms. Don't be blind to it. We are in this world, but we're not of it, meaning we have been equipped to see and hear and know more than just what we physically see around us. We've been equipped to see past all of this. Ephesians goes on to tell us to put on the whole armor of our God, which is a spiritual thing. So we must pray to have our eyes and ears to know what is happening beyond us, to see beyond, to hear what is going on in the heavenlies. If you're confused about a situation or if you have anxiety or fear about or stress, it's possible that you're only seeing that situation with your earthly eyes or maybe hearing it with your earthly ears. But when we start to perceive things, 
spiritually, then things start to shift in our spirit, and that's when peace starts to settle into our lives. God is doing something new and something fresh, and there is a divine reset on the church and on our lives, but we must open our eyes and our ears to what he is doing. And then he goes on to say this, I will surely make a way in the deserts and rivers in the wasteland. Within this divine reset, as God is redoing some things and he's pushing the reset button and there's this new thing happen, we cannot be shocked if it does not look like the way we may have conjured up in our mind. So when I say things like, God is doing a new thing and it's awesome and it's amazing and he's divine reset over your life. And then we start to be like, oh, God's about to do this and this. And we make up these stories in our head. And I'm a big, like, try to control the stories in your head. The what ifs, Brad got on to me for saying what if earlier. We make up these stories. Oh, we're so excited. God's doing a new thing. I can't wait to see what it is. And then we make up what that new thing is going to be in our head. We cannot be shocked when it doesn't look like what we've made up in our head. In order for there to be a way made in the desert or for you to find rivers in the wasteland, that means that you're going to have to be in the desert or the wilderness. That means the new thing God is doing may not look like paradise with the beach sand at your feet and the palm trees giving you shade and the cool ocean air blowing against your face. It may not look like that. It may look like the desert, and it may look like the wilderness. We make up in our head what we think that it's going to look like. And when it doesn't look like what we put in our head, we're like, oh, God didn't do what he said. He didn't do the new thing. Oh, God didn't really come through on his word. When he just didn't come through with what we made up in our head. He always comes through on his word. We have to have eyes and ears to see and hear what he is doing, not what we think he should do. God is doing a new, something new and great, but it's not like what you and I think. That's why it requires us to have spiritual eyes and ears. We may find ourselves in this divine reset in the des desert or in the wilderness place. But in order to, find, to see the way that he is making in the desert, you're going to need his eyes, the spiritual eyes to see it. And in order to find the water that he is placing in the wilderness, you're going to need spiritual ears to hear it rushing. God says these two key words for me, and it's way and river, meaning he gives us a way in the, in the desert, meaning he guides us. He is going to make a road where there seems to be no road. And the word river means he's giving us life. When we feel like there's no life and there's nothing fresh around, he will bring waters of li and living streams to give us the life that we need. Amanda, you can go ahead and come up. When Jesus came to earth and he started his ministry, all the people around that had been anticipating their Messiah had made up in their head what they thought their Messiah would look like. They thought he was going to come be some bad warrior on a horse and he was going to overthrow the Romans and he was going to do some crazy stuff. They had made up in their head what they thought their Messiah would look like and act like. But when Jesus showed up, he came to do a new thing, not what they thought it was going to be. The way Jesus did the things, he shook some things up, not just a little, but a lot. 
the shaking that Jesus did started to bring down some mindsets and sickness and ideologies and the way that things have always been done. He started to shift some things and things started shaking and things started falling because he was there to do a new thing. And get this, some people saw it and got on board. They're like, oh yeah, I want to be a part of that because they allowed their eyes and their ears to be open. And then there were others that didn't get on board because they refused to get on board with the new thing that Jesus was doing because it looked different than what they thought it would. And then catch this, God promised in Isaiah 43 there would be a way in the desert and water in the wilderness. And Jesus came and says in John 14, 16, I am the way and the truth and the life. And then in John 4, 14, he tells the woman at the well that whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Jesus shook some things up and he reveals to us that he is the way and he gives the living water. So no matter what desert we find ourselves in, no matter what wilderness we season we find ourselves in, no matter what circumstance or situation, no matter what sickness, no matter what relationship, no matter what chaos we find ourselves in, God will come in and shake some things up and he will strip away the things that don't need to be there. And then you'll be left with what only he has there. And then he will say, here's the way. And here's the water, the living water of life. Jesus came so that we could see and know this. We're going through some crazy times. Turn on the news. Just don't turn it on for the love. Don't turn on the news. It's not life-giving. But if you do, you hear crazy stuff. You go on social media. You see crazy things that are happening in our world, and you're like, what are we going to do about this? It feels like we're in a wilderness, and we're a little bit lost, and the world, the world is losing its ever-loving mind. But Jesus said, I am the I bring living, eternal life with living water. God said in Isaiah, how beautiful is that? But God says in Isaiah through the prophet, I will make a way and I will give water where there's not really supposed to be any. And then Jesus shows up and says, I am the way and I have eternal life, this water that you, so that you never thirst again. So that I can bring you out of whatever situation you're in. God is doing something new reset over our lives. Can you see it? Do you perceive it? Do you feel it? Do you hear it? He wants to show you your purpose. He wants to show you great and mighty things so that when you walk into Target, you're like, hey, what's up? Can I pray with you? Because you know someone's having a bad day because you have eyes and ears to hear God's voice. Or maybe it's just in your family. It doesn't matter. Jesus came to show you the way, and he came to give you eternal life. I'm going to, band is going to sing, and I'm going to pray briefly, and we're always here to pray with you if there's something you need prayer for. We don't like to just pray for you, we like to pray with you, because what, where two or three are gathered, we're in his midst, right? And things change, we come into agreement for those new things. that you're going through.
through that you're like, God, I need a new thing happening. I need that divine reset. And I need to be able to see the new thing that you're springing up in this situation. Or maybe you've never known Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life. As that eternal, as that living water that makes you never thirst again. And maybe you need to encounter Jesus for the first time ever tonight. It's real simple. You just ask him into your heart. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that you rose again three days later. And I know that you're at the right hand of the Father and you're coming back for me. So I'm going to pray and then I'll step down. And if you would like uh, for us to pray with you, we'll come to do that. God, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you that your word does not return void. That whatever goes out, it goes out and accomplishes what you have set it to do. God, I thank you that through the prophet Isaiah, years, thousands of years before your son came, that you started making this clear path. God, I thank you for the new thing, this divine reset that you are doing in each one of these women's lives and whatever situation that they're facing. God, I thank you for the new thing. I ask that you open their eyes to see and their ears to hear, to know, to perceive, to see what you are doing in their lives that you put the full armor of God on them so that they can withstand whatever they are facing. Jesus, I thank you that you are the way and I thank you that you give living water so that we can walk through the deserts of this life, so we can make it through the wilderness seasons. God, I thank you that you speak directly to us and you're saying, I'm doing something new in your life, daughter. Let me do it. God, I ask that you bless each one of these women. And if there's any here who's never accepted Christ into their heart, that you soften their heart to know your voice and to know you, Jesus, that you did something incredible for them. Jesus, we thank you that you died on the cross for our sin and that you rose again three days later and that you're at the right hand of the Father and then you will return for us. And I thank you, Father, that you sent the Holy Spirit to be our guidance as we go about our way. God, speak to your daughter. Show them great and mighty things.